Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Got an urgent phone call to make? Holding your phone? Yeah, but we already have two films. This will go on YouTube. You don't need to. Just listen, please. Hmm. I'm going to speak on Sri Vishnu Sahasranama. It's all topics of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Name 817, Pavana, also sometimes rendered as Pavana. This name already came up in the third century, that means in the third series of uh, 100 names. And much of what I'll say now, we'll probably repeat that. That's good. Let's repeat again and again the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The, the meanings of this name derive from the Sanskrit root, which means to go. The word pavan is commonly used even in Indian languages today for the wind, the wind who goes, blows here and there. And also, um, it means that which purifies. So we know very well, patita pavana, we've heard that term, who purifies the fallen. So both these meanings are there. Uh, that which goes, that which blows, that which purifies. And pavana or pavana, the meanings are much the same. Uh, one reason why Lord Vishnu is called pavana, pavana, is because he is the father of vayu, the wind, who is pavan. Yeah, so that word pavan is common in some Indian languages is used to mean the wind. <clears throat> One understanding we can derive from this is that the wind which is so powerful as Arjuna states to Krishna, referring to the mind, tasyaham nigraham manye vayoriva sudushkaram. It's even more difficult to control than the wind, and the wind is not controllable. But the, the wind which is so powerful, which can destroy cities, which moves the planets, is just a fraction of the power of Krishna. That's one way to think of it. When, we see very powerful winds, manifestations, what we can say extreme manifestations of Krishna's nature. You don't get here in Slovenia, I don't think. Earthquakes, have there been any in history? Sometimes earth tremors maybe coming up from Italy, no. As far as I know, there are no plenty of little mountains, but no volcanoes, tornadoes, Extreme heat, extreme cold. Nice place to live. Don't get in Maya. There's no nice place to live in this material world. But 
in different parts of this globe, if you don't mind me using the word globe, Srila Prabhupada used, uh, there are extreme manifestations of the weather, of Krishna's energy. I've many times been in cyclones, which just rip everything up everywhere. And it's good to remember in such circumstances that this is just a fraction of Krishna's power. This whole material manifestation is just a fraction of Krishna's power. Mm. He purifies by the wind. The, the wind is one of the purifiers for cloth uh, that is going on in Slovenia right this moment. That no doubt, I don't know if it's still probably in the country some women wash the cloth by hand and hang it out to dry. Is it not? Maybe in Ljubljana also. Maybe. So the wind, between the wind and the sun, they dry and purify the cloth. Sometimes if the cloth is a little smelling, and then you just hang it in the wind, and the wind purifies. So the wind is a purifier, and Krishna himself states in the Bhagavad Gita, Pavanah, Pavatam Asmi, among all purifiers, I am the wind. Actually, Krishna is all, all kinds of purifiers derive their purificatory power from Krishna. Ah. There are various ways to purify things. We purify, for instance, we purify copper by application of a sour element such as tamarind or lemon. Ah. We can purify cloths, yeah, first by washing, by wind, by sun. Uh, we purify garbage by burning it, or different, different kinds of garbage, composting it. Uh, we ourselves try to become purified by visiting holy rivers, visiting holy places, bathing in holy rivers, uh, chanting the holy names, bowing down before Krishna, uh, bowing down before holy persons. But we should know that in all these activities, the purifying element is... What's actually purifying us is Krishna. It's because the, the link with Krishna, because Ganga comes from the lotus feet of Krishna, Ganga is purifying. Even her name is purifying. Because the holy places are connected with Krishna, they're places of Krishna's pastimes. They purify us because they're connected with Krishna. So Krishna is the supreme purifier. Actually, he is... The only pavitram paramam bhavan, Arjuna says to Krishna, that you are the supreme pavitra, and everything else which is pavitra, everything else which is pure, can purify other things because of the connection with Krishna. Another meaning, he moves. 
which is very interesting because we have another name in Vishnu Sahasranam, Achala, he doesn't move. Logicians don't like these kind of things. But fortunately, he's beyond all logic. Uh, he, he moves and he doesn't move. Apanipado javano grahita. He has no hands or legs, but he moves everywhere and accepts everything. It's not meant for strict logicians. He's beyond our little brains. He moves. Where does he move? How does he move? He moves to his devotees in their distress. And the great example, well, there are so many examples in this regard, but uh, one famous example is that of Gajendra. He moved to Gajendra. He was sitting in Vaikuntha. All of a sudden, he heard a distress call, and he immediately rushed out, uh, not even stopping to adjust his clothing or and Lakshmi said, where, where are you running to? And just, no, just have to go immediately. No waiting <laughs> for his devotee. But you, you have to look respectable. Just, he's off immediately. No waiting. We see the pictorial depiction of Gajendra. That's in Srila Prabhupada's presentation of Srimad Bhagavatam, 8th Canto, Gajendra in the water with the crocodile holding his foot, Gajendra holding a lotus flower up, and here he comes, Lord Vishnu, on Garuda, coming immediately to save him. So he, he moves to his devotees to remove their distress. In so many instances, and very famous also, Draupadi, Govinda, Govinda, Govinda. She called out for Govinda, and Govinda manifested himself in the form of an endless sari. Then again, when <clears throat> Durvasa came at the request of Duryodhana, he came to uh, the place of the, the, where the Pandavas were staying in the forest, came with his 50,000 disciples at, at lunchtime or just after lunchtime and said, uh, uh, you're a king, you can feed us, yes, yes. But the only thing was that Draupadi had already eaten. Uh, there was the Akshaya Patra, that the dish from which any amount of food can be served, but that would last until Dro she took last of all Draupadi, and when she took, it was finished for the day. It's finished for the day. What to do? Oh, Krishna, Krishna, what do we do now? Krishna comes. He immediately came. He wasn't there at the time, but he immediately came at the request of Draupadi, who is so dear to him. And you all know the story, but it's nice to recount it again. Is there anything left in the pot? No, nothing. Anything? Just a little fleck of rice. Okay, give that to me. Ah, yes, bin tushte, jagat tushta. 
I'm satisfied. And all the rest is, oh, Philip. Durvasa and his disciples left. Krishna came immediately to save the devotees in their distress. Therefore, Kunti Devi prays, Vipada Santu Tashashvat Tatra Tatra Jagat Goro Bhavato Darshanam Yatsyat Apuna Bhava Darshanam. Distress is good. People generally pray, pray to Krishna to remove their distress. But Kunti Devi prays, May there ever be distress as long as we're in this world because then we'll always be calling out to you. You'll always be coming to us. Pavana means to come, to move. And then we'll see you. And when we see you, we'll no longer see repeated birth and death. One of the Arlavas, Namalva, he says that now you've come to take a place in my heart, but you're famous as going, moving, that's your name, so please don't move. You Be pavan to come, but when you've come, achala, don't go away again. That's the, I'm adding to it. Yeah, this I say, he purifies, that's in the form of wind, fire, water. Yeah, fire is also a purifier. Gold is purified by by fire. Uh, so Shankaracharya gives this meaning of the name. Uh, just consider how purifying he is, that just if, just if we remember him, the dirt in our heart becomes, at least as long as we're remembering him, the dirt in the heart goes away. We may have so many, we, not we may have, well, I can speak for myself, so many dirty things in the heart, but simply by remembering him, we become purified. Uh, apavitra, that word. Apavitra pavitrova sarva vastam gotopiva yasmarit pundari kaksham sabhaya abhyantara shuchihi simply by remembering the lotus-eyed Lord, one may be pure or impure. That means there's mental purity, mental impurity, there's physical... This verse is usually recited in respect to physical pure impurity. One is physically impure when one has pastoral until one bathes, one is impure after the birth of a child in the family, after a death in the family. One is impure after eating. There are so many states of impurity, but simply by remembering him, one is pure in all respects. Of course, that doesn't mean we should go on the altar to worship the Lord uh, without bathing after passing stool, but theoretically one could do so, but it is forbidden in Shastra uh, because their, their physical purity is uh, required, but constitutionally one is pure simply by remembering the Lord. That's why a pure devotee or even for that matter, a, a sannyasi 
who's accepted as having achieved the Paramahamsa stage of life, he is, uh, there are no rules for him. There are no Vedic rules. He's beyond the rules because he's come to the perfection of smartavya satatang vishnu vismartavya najatuchit sarva vidhi nishedasya etayo eva kinkaraha. All the rules in the shastras are meant to serve the two principles, which are actually one principle, of always remembering Krishna and never forgetting him. So if one does that all the time, then he's automatically completely pure. But still, for the sake of uh, instructing others, Paramahamsas generally follow all these rules. So this is a very important name for us because we're in this material world. Why are we in this material world? Impurity, impure, that doesn't mean uh, specifically the bodily impurity, but impurity of consciousness, the, the tendency to want to enjoy this world separately from Krishna, keeps us separate from Krishna and fills the mind with so many different desires. Hoya, we become under the clutches of Maya, Krishna Bhuli, Seji, Vanadi, Bahimukha, Taiv, Maya, Tari, Deya, Shangsharaduk, Krishna Bahimukha, Hoya, Bhogavancha, Kore, Nikatasta, Maya, Tari, Japati, Adhari. Forgetting Krishna, since time immemorial, we are suffering in this material existence. When we become inimical to Krishna, or not want to serve Krishna, then <coughs> Maya, who is standing right next to us, catches immediately. And then, Hoya Maya Das Karinana Abhilash. When we reject the position of service to Krishna and we come under the clutches of Maya, we become the servant of Maya. And then we have so many desires. And these desires are impurities in the heart. Material desires, lust, greed, anger, pride, illusion, envy, these are impurities in the heart. Identifying oneself with one's body or one's mind or one's achievements, with one's ego, a lot of... So many impurities in the consciousness. But remembrance of Krishna is the supreme purifier. There's that verse, Avismriti Krishna Padara Vindayo Ho. Where's that verse go? Avismriti Krishna Padara Vindayo. How does it go? Can you look it up? Just I didn't think when I was preparing this. Hmm. I don't ask everyone to put their phone away. <laughs> you got it? Avismriti Krishna Padaravinda Yoho. Shinotya Padrani Shantanoti. That by non forgetfulness of Krishna. 
of the lotus feet of Krishna. It then it destroys all that is inauspicious and brings in all that is auspicious. What's the next line? There are so many verses and so now I forgot this one. Can't find it? Okay, we'll go on. Baladev Vidya Bhushan commenting on this name, Pavana. He says that the mind is, he purifies, he personally takes the charge of purifying a mind that has been contaminated accidentally, by misdeeds committed accidentally. Krishna takes charge of his devotee, not someone who has the intention to be sinful and to forget Krishna. Krishna doesn't purify the mind of such a person. Such a person might perform sacrifices, going to holy places, and so on and so on, for purification, the idea, I'll get free from my sins. But he doesn't get free from the root cause of sinning, which is being inimical to Krishna. So they don't actually get purified. Krishna doesn't actually purify. Still looking for that? Shantanoti. All the benefits of remembering Krishna, purifying benefits. Uh, so that that is really the factor in purification, invoking Krishna. People want to become purified without Krishna, which is ridiculous. I'll I'll uh, I'll smear stool all over my body, and uh, I'll say some uh, say some mantra which which will purify. It's uh, pouring. Petrol on a fire on one side and water on the other side. It doesn't work. The, the actual purification is remembering Krishna. And Krishna especially purifies those who are interested in him. If we're not interested in him, then how can we actually be pure? It's the, the whole situation of material existence is one of impurity. And how can we, how can we be pure? in a situation of impurity, in terms of ritual impurity, which is a major factor in Vedic culture. Um, women are impure during the monthly period, and there's nothing you can do to purifying them during that time. And this, then time becomes a purifier in course of time, and then they take a bath, and then they're pure. But they can be spiritually pure by remembering Krishna. All impurities are removed from the heart of a devotee by 
Krishna himself, even if they accidentally commit sins, as stated in the Bhagavatam, svapada mulam bhajata priyasya tyaktanya bhavasya hari pareshaha vikarma yach chod patitanka tanchid tunoti saravam hridisandivishtaha Someone who has taken full shelter at the lotus feet of Krishna and worships them with love, but who nevertheless performs some sinful activity. The, the nature of this material world is it's very hard to avoid sinful activities. But if such a person, his intention is to fully serve Krishna, but by chance, katanchit, not all the time, again and again and again, but circumstantially, unexpectedly performs some sinful activity, then Krishna himself, within the heart of the devotee, he cleans the devotee from that impurity. Uh, there are many statements within Shastra in this regard. For instance, Shukdev Goswami, before reciting Srimad Bhagavatam, before embarking on reciting the, the direct glorification of the Lord to Parikshit Maharaj, offered prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one of which is yat kirtanam, yat smaranam, yat ikshanam, yat vandanam, yat travanam, yat arhanam, lokasya sadyo vidhunoti kalmasham, tasmai subhadra shavase namonamaha. Srila Prabhupada's translations. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the all-auspicious all Lord Sri Krishna about whom glorification, remembrance, audience, prayers, hearing, and worship can at once cleanse the effects of all sins of the performer. So here we have vidhunoti, completely cleanses, which gives the same understanding as purification, so we might think, yeah, he's very pure in Vaikuntha, but when he comes to this world, this world is by nature impure. And he also has some impurity. It might seem like that, especially charges of impurity are leveled at Krishna, even by some Vaishnavas. Yeah, many. There are Vaishnavas who say, yes, we, we worship Lord Ram, he's good. And Krishna, he's, he's not good. He does all bad things. It might seem like that. We find in the beginning of the eighth canto, within the eighth canto, Parikshit Maharaj expresses surprise to Shukadev that how has the Supreme Lord come in the form of a fish? Because the fish is the lowest species. It's very... Only someone who's very sinful takes birth as a fish and it's condemned species. So how can the Supreme Lord be a fish? Fish and then Matsya Kurama 
Who wants to take birth as a tortoise? Please raise your hand. Any, any, uh, anyone? In my next life, I'd like to be a tortoise. Anyone? No volunteers. Then why does the Supreme Lord come as a tortoise? And then what's number three avatar? You should know. Hmm? Varaha. You pig. If I call you a pig, I think in any language that's, a, that's an insult. Isn't it? It must be in Slovenia also. In Hindi they take it further. You're suakabacha. You're the son of a pig. It's a great insult because it's insulting your father. So it's more of an insult than insulting yourself. And then we say the Supreme Lord has come as a pig. Seems to be something wrong there. What about this Narasimha avatar all covered in blood? Blood's impure, isn't it, right? You get blood on your body, that's why you can, I'm saying, talking about the menstruation, you can't go on the altar. It's blood, it's always impure. He's covered in blood. Who do we have next? Nice little Brahmin boy. Ah, nice Brahmin boy. But he's cheating and lying and stealing in the name of a Brahmin. He's just, uh, you get all these Brahmins in the holy places. I guess they're following in the footsteps of Vama. Then we get Parashuram, another blood, blood kind of fellow. And then we have Rama, who's, oh, Rama, they say he's pure, but he you know, exiled his wife and the Shurpanaka, it's just a woman, and what can you do? Had a nose cut off, so many things. Uh, Balaram gets drunk. Buddha, yeah, they say he's the purest, he's the best, right? But he's an atheist. He also left his young, f young wife and family, left his responsibilities. And what to speak of Kalki? Phew. Just, he comes, it, it, the mass genocide is yet to come. So they all appear to be impure. If we judge them from a worldly perspective, However, Sri Madhvacharya especially has analyzed in great detail in his commentary on the Brahma Sutras that the Supreme Lord has no defects whatsoever. Therefore, he is called Pavana. He is independent. He is above all considerations of worldly morality. Everything he does is good. Everything he does is purifying. Nrsimha Dev, by ripping to shreds Hiranyakashipu, what was he doing? He was purifying him. 
and he purifies the whole world by remembrance of him even today we become purified we don't become purified by thinking of a mass murderer you don't have mass murderers in slovenia you probably don't have many murders at all it's a very civilized kind of place generally speaking animal slaughter goes on no doubt but uh, in general yeah slovenian people are quite civilized and uh, just need a good dose of Krishna consciousness, which you're doing by going on Padhyatra and distributing books, but they need a lot more of it. He is all purifying. We have to understand the science of God. We cannot judge Him by our own standards. He judges us by His standards. We can judge Him by our standards, but there is, but actually, if, if we do so, he judges us by his standards, or rather the material energy is deputed to judge us by his standards, and by ascribing faults to him, we end up as a worm in stool. And that's not a very pure situation. He is all pure. We should know this. That should be accepted by understanding the science of God. He has only auspicious attributes. There's nothing inauspicious about him whatsoever, as is clarified in the Vedanta Sutras. Another completely different meaning, which is given because these names are derived from Sanskrit roots, which can be understood in other ways, in various ways, is that the kshatriyas of this world, the, the, the protectors of the citizens, the kings, he protects them. He is the protector of the protectors. The kings derive their power to protect and their authority to protect by understanding themselves to be servants of the Supreme Lord. And anyone who adopts the position of a leader in human society, especially the role of a supreme leader within a nation, if they don't recognize Narānam Chanarādhipam, Krishna says, among men I am the king, unless they recognize that they are holding this position, they have this role on behalf of the Supreme Lord who has given them this position and that he is no less a servant of the Supreme Lord than anyone else. In fact, he has to be the ideal servant of the Supreme Lord. He has to exemplify that more than any other. So unless he recognizes that, then he becomes a demon. And we have exploitive leaders. Why are they exploitive? Because they don't recognize that I am supposed to serve the Supreme Lord by acting in the capacity of the protector of the people. He protects me and by in he protects me in my function of protecting the people. I cannot actually personally protect them, but 
he gives me the authority to do so and the ability to do so. We find in the Bhagavad Gita, our Lord Krishna mentions one of the facets, one of the characteristics of a demon is Ishvara Bhava. He thinks, I'm God. Later on in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna mentions as one of the qualities of a Kshatriya, Ishvara Bhava. Does that mean that every Kshatriya is a demon? No. The demon thinks himself to be uh, supremely the supreme controller. He does not recognize that there, there is the supreme controller above me. So such a person who takes power, he, he thinks himself to be independent. And because he has the motive to enjoy this material world, he exploits others and performs many sinful activities. But a pious kshatriya, his Ishvara Bhava, means he always remembers Krishna. And he has the, with that remembrance, he thinks of himself, he has the, the leadership, he has the, the spirit of being a leader, uh, of taking charge, of taking responsibility. Uh, it, it's not that he wants to lord it over or exploit others, but he has that ability to take charge and uh, take decisions take responsibility, organize society. So he does that, but he does it in the mood of a very humble servant of the Supreme Lord. So that, in summary, is name 817, Pavana, which can also be rendered as Pavana, Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada who introduced us to the science of God, Hare Krishna. Shri Vishnu Sahasranam ki jai, Shri Panchatattva ki jai, Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Hare Krishna.